0: Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112 uh, and Quarantine Day number 7,892. My name <laughs> is Aaron Avra, and I am joined always by the wonderful, the lovely, the almost genius, Donatus Carroll. How are we doing, Donatus?
1: Uh, Aaron, man, I'm doing great, dude. <laughs> I, uh, I'm wearing my uh, Kobe Bryant shirt that he gave me. Uh Toby. The sun is signing in uh northeast Georgia. Uh it is March seven hundred and twenty two and um <laughs> yeah, so uh we're surviving dude. Still quarantined, still not doing anything, still uh ready for this current advice <laughs> to be over with. So I wish this was like uh, one of those April Fool's things where, like, the government or whoever, God was just kind of like, ha-ha, April Fool's, it's all a joke. You guys can go back to your normal life now. <laughs> but I uh, don't think that's going to happen. So Yeah, man, I don't know,
0: I don't know if you're a, a, a fan of The Office, but I saw a meme this morning. Um, there's one episode of The Office where uh, Dwight Schrute, how it opens is Dwight Schrute does a fire drill, but instead uh, of... And he simulates a fire, he heats up the door handles, every, smoke is going everywhere, everyone's losing their mind. And at the end, he stands, he stands on a chair and says, this has been a test of your, uh, of your emergency procedures or whatever. And the meme said, here's the hoping that April 1st, the government's just like, this has been a test of your national, uh, whatever emergency procedures. And so far, not 324. Yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um,
1: that, that would be. But,
0: uh.
1: <laughs> <if> Haha, <that were laughs> <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Jokes on you, America. <laughs> it's not common, though.
0: But, uh, thank you for bearing with us on a, a late day. Something came up, uh, for me uh, yesterday. My a, a sister in law's friend got, you know, got, got, I'm saying this so nonchalantly.
1: She was diagnosed
0: with the coronavirus, not my sister-in-law, but since they're quarantined, we bought them a bunch of groceries, traveled on over to the booming metropolis of Carrollton, Georgia, um, (laughs) dropped them off on the the porch, and then got out of there before we could be infected. Uh, So we are a day late because of it, but it's all right because that gave us, One more day to scratch the idea that we were going to do, uh, which we decided was going to be very hard and instead came up with a four thousand time better plan. So as we know, we have just hit April 1st. We know April means what in the football world means one thing and so far it's going to be normal. It is NFL draft season. So for the next three weeks, the next three podcasts are going to be all about the NFL draft and how we are going to address it, is we are going to play GM. So what I have on my hand, whoop, so we are going to choose the destinies of these NFL teams, and we are going to draft the first round. This week will be picks 1 through 10, next week will be picks 11 through 21, and the next week will be 22 through 32. Um The only two rules we really have in play is a: you obviously can't draft someone twice. So if Joe Burrow is taken (laughs) by the Bengals, he can't also be taken by the Dolphins and the Redskins and everyone else who needs a quarterback. Um, And we are also going to not implement trades. We are—I know this never happens in the NFL draft—but we are not going to predict trades. Instead, we will do one final episode. The week of the draft where we are going to talk about potential trades, sneaky moves, or anything that might happen going into it to see if we're right. Um, did I miss anything, Don? Besides the coin flip, which I'm about to address.
1: No, you did not. You covered it all.
0: All right. So, and how we are going to pick this, because we're going to stay consistent. One of us is going to stay odds. One of us is going to stay even, with the exception of our favorite team. So, regardless, I will pick the Browns pick. And regardless, Donatus will pick the Falcons pick. I have a coin. We are in two different locations, so Donatus is going to have to trust me on this. Donatus, do you want heads or do you want tails?
1: Oh, man. Uh,
0: tails never fails. Let's go with tails. All right. Coin is in the air. Coin is landed. And the coin is on tails. Donatus, do you want odds? Do you want evens? A.K.A. do you want to go first or do you want to go second?
1: Uh, I'll go first. I'll take these odds. Ooh,
0: Donatus will be taking the odds, which means when we hit our second week of the podcast, and I'll remind you of this, the Falcons have the 16th pick, so I will do the 15th. Donatus will do the 16th since we are doing, we pick our own teams. And Donatus, the Cincinnati, oh, let me go over the order so we all have in our minds what the order is for those of you listening at home. We're about to pick 1 through 10, we'll go Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, Giants, Miami, Chargers, Carolina, Cardinals, uh, Jacksonville, and Cleveland. It would probably have been less confusing had I just either said the nicknames or the cities, but y'all can get over that. Um, all right, Don, it's the Cincinnati Bengals and you are on the clock. Go ahead. Make your pick, defend it, and I'll let you know if I agree with it.
1: The uh, Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock, and with the first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback LSU. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: all knew
1: it was coming. <laughs> I know you lied to. Us. You tried to lie and say that we weren't gonna pick him. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Somebody listening to this in their car that had it turned up all the way. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a not. We are
0: <laughs> foolish.
1: <laughs> oh, keep listening. That episode's gonna get better. Um, the uh, yeah, so, yeah, right. The uh, We didn't practice this before we went over it. (laughs) Um, The Cincinnati Bengals picking Joe Burrow just makes sense, man. Um, You know, obviously all the experts are calling it. But I think, like, if they're smart, um, Andy Dalton, there's a couple of different ways that I believe that the Bengals can play this. Because I know that a lot of people believe that Joe Burrow is, uh, is ready to play now, today. Um, I think there's a couple of different ways the Bengals can go about this. I think they can pull a um Cleveland Browns Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield situation, which to me, I think ended up going decently well. Um I would love to hear your perspective either now or sometime um later as a fan about how you felt like that went, but Everybody knew that Baker Mayfield was going to play. Like, we knew, we knew he was going to play. We just didn't know when. We didn't know if it was Mm -hmm. going to be two games or three games or four games or whatever. But either way, like, the Browns still, you know, let the, let the veteran come in and play some and then, Tyrod got hurt and Baker stepped in. And I think like Baker missing out on those first, I don't, I feel like he did take over maybe after game six or seven or something like that. But either way, even if it was just four games, I think that regardless, as a rookie, you need to sit for at least a few games. Um, just so that you can kind of get used to the speed of the game. You can learn some things and then you're ready to go. So I think that the Bengals are going to do a similar thing with, uh, Andy Dalton. And Joe Burrow, whereas like everybody knows that Joe Burrow is going to play next year, but I think that the Bengals need to allow Andy Dalton to, uh, show Burrow, Joe Burrow the ropes for a few, uh, few games. And I think Burrow takes over after like four or five games or Andy Dalton has trade value and the Bengals can trade Andy Dalton for, you know, a second round, uh, definitely a third round pick. Um, and that gives them an, an extra draft pick. So I think there's a couple of different ways that the Bengals can go about doing it, but I, I think it's smart to go ahead and drive Joe Burrow. Um I think that he's going to end up being I don't I don't know that he'll end up being an elite NFL uh starter, but I believe he's gonna be a solid NFL starter for the next ten to fifteen years. Uh, barring any significant injuries, um, your team is already young. You have Joe Mixon, um, you have a veteran receiver in AJ Green who, um, is gonna ha- kind of help Joe Burr out. You have Tyler Boyd, you have John Ross, um, you know, so you're still semi young offensively and you're young defensively too. Plus, um, I, as as much as I like Andy Dalton, I think like Andy Dalton's time is just kind of run out with the Bengals. Um, they kind of know at this point like what he's going to be, and Joe Burrow allows you to have a younger quarterback to compete with Baker Mayfield, um, Lamar Jackson, and then you know the Steelers are going to have to figure out something um, here in the next few months to years, which we'll talk about later on at some point too. Um, so. I think Joe Burr just makes sense um he's got the kind of bravado that I think like they need to they need to have on their team whereas like he's he's not cocky but he he's just confident in his ability he'll bring some um some new fresh ideas and stuff like that to the team um and I think he's a good leader as well as far as he he'll be good to rally the team and um He's not going to come in and try to do too much, but he'll earn the respect of the veterans. So I believe with the first pick in the 2020 NFL draft that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals will select Joe Burrow. um, It just makes sense for them to do it right now. They don't need to get cute and try to switch it up or anything.
0: I agree. I think that's a solid pick. Um, I think that's the obvious pick. Um, Like you mentioned with Tyrod and Baker, um, you're giving the Browns a little too much credit. Hugh Jackson had no idea when he was going to bring Baker in. He was forced to play Baker. My <laughs> Rod got hurt. Um, and it worked out for him because we came back and won that game. But I don't foresee Cincinnati moving on from Andy Dalton unless they make a trade in the draft to be able to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they follow through with Dalton for the first few games and then bench him for Joe um, but then I also wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati just threw him in immediately like um, like the Bills and the Jets did with their quarterbacks um, in Josh Allen and uh, – crap, who's the Jets? Sam Darnold. Uh, they got thrown in <laughs> right away. Exactly. And one of them has been <laughs> successful and the other one not so much. Um, you know, the
1: other one you forgot who his name was.
0: Yeah, the other one I forgot that his, he had a name and he existed and was real and was in the NFL. and um, You know, big time. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Number two pick, Washington Redskins are on the board. GM is talking. We're in the war room. We're discussing. We're going deep. And we are with the very first surprise pick. da na 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 da-na-na-na-na. I think that's the music <laughs> that's made. Um, <laughs> I apologize, listeners. We're just having fun um, with the second pick of the NFL draft. The Washington Redskins select Pua Nakai oh. quarterback, University of oh. Alabama. I think oh. I have. I have been all. Oh, I, I, I have. I have looked past Washington for a while now. Um, I have thought there's no way they're going with anyone other than Chase Young because he's the number one prospect. I have seen from the Browns perspective um, the benefits of um, the benefits of taking the best pass rusher in the league, um, in Miles Garrett. And or my the best pass rusher at the time in Miles Garrett, and I think Chase Young is of that caliber. However, the Redskins did just take Montez Sweat last year. He's had a, a pretty good year. I this This draft is relatively quarterback rich. Next year is also going to be quarterback rich. However, I don't know if with this new regime in Washington, if they're going to be in the position to strike gold at either Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, um, those are really the two big ones I know that are going to be coming out next year. I mean, they're, they're both underclassmen, but let's be real, they're coming out next year. Um, I don't know if they're going to be bad enough to do that, and I don't know if they're going to be desperate enough to trade away everything for one of them like they did for RG3 years ago. I think, and I also don't think this new regime is sold on Dwayne Haskins, even though... Um, you know, this was an ownership pick Haskins was last year, and so was RG3, and Jay Gruden did not agree with any of it, and neither did his dad when he was with the Redskins. But I think that Rivera comes in, he wants someone who can lead the team. He wants someone with ball placement, with a, with a big arm, with somebody who can make those decisions and have been in a big scenario before. Um, I think they take Tua. I think Tua's medical record Is clean enough to justify him as the second pick. I think you use him to push Haskins this year. Um, You lost your backup quarterback, uh, who became your backup quarterback from Case Keenum to the Browns, so you don't have a veteran to push him. Alex Smith, I still don't know the return, the the timeline for him, and I'm not convinced that Alex Smith doesn't just retire and move into the coaching role um, somewhere. They don't have anyone else behind. Dwayne Haskins, and they haven't, an, and they, they just traded for Carolina's backup quarterback Kyle Allen, who is not a viable option to take over, um, for Dwayne Haskins when Dwayne Haskins struggles again. I've never been a Dwayne Haskins believer. I, I do think that any chance that Dwayne Haskins had at leading that team was messed up by the terribleness of the organization last year. And I think Haskins um, thinks a little highly of himself um, from, once again, we've pointed out in podcast past where he was finally going to win a game and he left to go take selfies with fans while his backup, Case Keenum, went in there to go finish the game to take a knee. I don't think Rivera gels with that type. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins has the um, respect of his team, or even this new regime, so I think they like Tua. I think they love the, the, the prospect of being able to choose a future, a potential QB, and then you're in a case where you know you try and trade one um, in some scenario. I don't know how viable trading one is, but all of this just comes from, I don't think that Haskins is their guy. I think Haskins gets Josh Rosend. Um, where the guy who was perceivably the number one quarterback until a Joe Burrow broke out and B you broke your hip, um, I just don't think you could pass up on this dude. We witnessed him in Alabama, where when he came in for um, for Jalen Hurts in that championship game and just tore it up. It is was a championship game or was it the uh, SEC championship game? Is one of the two. He came in, lit it up, stole it straight from UGA, brought in a backup quarterback to steal it from him. Um, I think that they go out, and instead of choosing the best pass rusher in the league, they find themselves a franchise QB because they don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, that one shocked me, man. Like, right before you made your Right before you made your pick, I was like, I feel like he might say Tua Tagovailoa, Vialoa. And, uh, and then you did, man. And I, the, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I don't have a problem with the Washington Redskins picking Tua. Um, just because, like you said, before the, uh, the hip injury, Tua was, and before Burrow went off, um, Tua, Tua was the favorite quarterback for the past couple of years, I think, coming into this draft, and um, I, he's just he's one of those players to me. Like, even with the injury, I feel like you could still look at him and tell that he's extremely talented. Um, he's one of those players that just kind of he inspires your team, and I, I would imagine like I'm not a, I'm not a huge Alabama fan, but even watching him like. He kind of has that same thing that I think – and I'm not calling Tua Tom Brady, but, like, when Brady gets the ball at the end of two minutes, you just know that your team's going to win the game. And I feel like Tua kind of has that same thing. Um, I know that there's been a couple of big games that he's just dropped the ball in, that he hasn't shown up. I know that Jalen Hurts bailed him out last year or the year before. Um, but I just believe that Tua is – he's calm, he's collected, Um, he's mobile, um, and he can, he can just make some passes that are, that are unreal. So, um, I think with Washington, I think, I I think Tua makes sense. Um, I think that would, that would kind of win your fan base back. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with Chase Young at all, but I think Tua, um, people are going to rally behind Tua. So that's going to help put your team, you know, like the NFL is going to look at more Washington Redskins games to put in prime time with Tua really? leading the way as opposed to to Chase Young. Um, so I, I think Tua is a good pick. Um, so, yeah, that's that shocked me, man, but that was, that was <laughs> that's a good pick. That's a good analysis, too, on your part as well. Thank you. All right. Now on the clock,
0: Detroit Lions.
1: Awesome. And – uh so with the third pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the um Detroit Lions select Isaiah Simmons, as a linebacker out of Clemson. Um I went back and forth on this one. Between Simmons and the cornerback out of, uh, out of Ohio State, um, Jeff Okuda. And I, I know the majority of, um, of drafts have the, the Lions picking Okuda, but I think it makes more sense for them to go, um, with Isaiah Simmons. He's a freak of nature, but he's also insanely smart. Um, and I believe in that. Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, Bill Belichick, um system, you need a defensive end and a linebacker who is going to um be able to play dual to be able to play both positions. So be able to play um the defensive end position, but to also play the outside linebacker position. And so I think that Isaiah Simmons um I believe that Isaiah Simmons fits that fits that description for them. Um, so, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. My dog is down here. I apologize to our I apologize to our listeners. She's being very needy right now, so she's uh, she's got me off track. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think Isaiah Simmons is going to fit in well to to what the Detroit Lions are doing. He gives them a, a young, um, athlete as well, um, who can, who can just be very versatile. And again, you know, play, play the end when they need him to, but also drop back at pass coverage and play outside linebacker too. Um, and I know that they, they've taken like a bunch of, uh, former Patriot players to kind of try and rebuild their defense. Um, but I believe that, um, that Isaiah Simmons fits into fits into like a Kyle Van Noy type player, um, Teddy Bruschi, um Mike Vrabel, you know, all those kind of patriot players from times of old. I believe that Isaiah Simmons is going to uh to fit perfectly with them. Plus he has he has experience playing safety. Um and then moved to linebacker, you know, a couple years ago. So he's just a very versatile player and I believe that, the, that Matt Patricia is going to, uh, to take him. I know that they traded Darius Lay and that they need a cornerback, but I, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard for them to pass up on Isaiah Simmons at number
0: three. So. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I agree that that's a really good pick. Um, I thought you were going to go you can't really go wrong here. They I'm looking at their updated depth chart um after all the signings. Um <clears throat> though I think Jeff uh is it Akuda? How do you say his last name? I think. Um Jeff uh Jeff Akuda um would be a a phenomenal cornerback in fact I've heard that he is of the caliber of, like, what we were able to see from Denzel Ward. Um, Yeah. That he's he's a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal cornerback. But you just signed Desmond Trufant. Right. I I don't really know the other cornerback's names. You maybe could have put him there. They also need linebacker needs. Like, I know you signed Jamie Collins. Maybe he's good. Um, He wasn't good for us in the Browns, but then he went back to New England and did well. And then there are other outside linebackers, Christian Jones, who I don't know, um, I think that's a spot that could be for contention. Plus, he's such a playmaker that once again, like, you need that, that defensive general, and that could be him. Um, yeah. they could have also used a, a defensive end. So you really, I mean, could not have gone wrong, in my opinion, from any of those picks. I think this is a very defensive rich draft as well. Um, yeah. but all right. That takes Isaiah Simmons off the board and still leaving Chase Young. Don't worry, I got you. The New York Giants with the yeah. fourth pick. Um, I could go in a few directions here. Yeah. They really need an offensive tackle to protect uh, – um, crap, what's their quarterback's name? Daniel Jones. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could, good grief. They could really – they have a lot of needs there. I know, that's Eli Manning Jr. Um, they need to protect him. They really need an edge rusher, which Chase Young is still there. They really need a cornerback, um, which Jeff Akuda is now still there. And they really, really need wide receivers because I think Daniel Jones was throwing it to himself the whole year. Um, but I, I think this is such a wide receiver deep draft. Um, they don't go wide receiver here. I think they go off of past experience. Um, I think somewhere along the way they try and strike up a deal for Trent Williams, maybe. Um, and I think they go off of what they know in the past, and that's edge rushing. Um, so I do think they capitalize and they snag a sliding Chase Young here um, at defensive end. I, I this is This is a team that historically – Nose, edge, rushing. Uh, there were years before, for those of you that don't remember when the Giants used to like actually be good, um, there were years where they went through Michael Strahan. They had O.C. Uminior when he was huge. They had uh, Pierre Paul when he was a big deal. I, Justin Tuck when he was a big deal. Now, some of these names, you may be thinking, who are they? But when they were big... They were dangerous. Um, and I think they go off of past experience and they say, we really were dangerous when we had edge rushers. We really need an edge rusher. Chase Young has fallen into our lap. We're going to take him. I think he's a big difference maker. Um, I was disappointed when I watched him in the championship game um, or when they played um, – did they play Clemson in the championship game? Who did Clemson beat in the championship game?
1: Uh, Clemson, Uh, Ohio State. Yeah, it was Ohio State, right? Okay, because I watched him in
0: that, I watched him in in that game, and I was like, "This is this is it." Like I expected more from him, but yeah. I I do think he has the quickness, the speed to come off the ball, get around the uh, the tackles, and really interrupt um, some offenses and some quarterbacks, and especially since they're in a division that's wide open right now in terms of who could win it. Uh, the Giants are missing a lot of pieces, but I think this is one way. This is what the Browns did, you know, two years ago. Um, they took the disruptive edge rusher, uh, which, you know, without his indefinite suspension, we have seen lots of benefits from, uh, and I think Chase Young can be that for the Giants. So with the fourth pick, Chase Young comes off the board. The Giants have drafted him. And Giants fans, as they do, they, for some reason, they hate the pick I just made. It just, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right. I don't feel bad. You're in good company if Giants fans boo you in your pick. So, uh, don't take it personal. That's a good pick. Uh, you know, the, if the Redskins go two or at two, then I think the Lions and Giants, uh, um, Simmons and Chase Young, I think, are kind of interchangeable. I think one goes to one team and the other one goes to the other team. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think that Chase Young to the Giants is, is huge. That, that's exactly what they need. And if he's there and you, at number four, if you're the Giants, I think you have to take him. I don't think you can afford to, to not take Chase Young at number four. So yeah, that's a, that's a good pick on your side.
0: And he's, Um, it's, it's a, it's a, According to a lot of boards I saw, he's the number one overall prospect. So for him to drop to four is crazy to begin with. Yeah, I guess that starts with right. me not taking him at two. Um, sure. But if you can steal that at four, you know, you take that at four. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, we are on. Now the Miami Dolphins with the fifth pick of the NFL draft is on the board. Who do we got down just-
1: yeah, so the Miami Dolphins were going to take Tua Tagovailoa, but uh the Redskins wanted to uh to get frisky and decided to pick him instead. So, the Dolphins um man, the Dolphins with the 5th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, they are going receiver. Whoa! They are going to draft Gary Judy out of Alabama. Whoa! Uh, Yeah. So here, here's the thing. Here's what I'm thinking. In a in a in a case, a scenario, or whatever, where the the Redskins do take um, Tua and number two, I think here's what the Dolphins should do. They need to call Cam Newton immediately and say. Hey man, we were going to draft Tua, the Redskins took him instead. We need a quarterback and they're going to call Cam Newton to come be their quarterback for one year and then they're just going to try and draft, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. That being said, they need offensive players. Like the Dolphins need they need help. Um I know that they I don't even remember the guy's name. There's a guy Preston Preston something, I think um who they were high on last year that played wide receiver. Uh but Jerry Judy, man, is just he's just a playmaker. Um you can throw it to, to him on a screen and he can take it, you know, he can take a a three yard pass or a five yard screen or whatever, um, uh, and turn it into a fifteen, twenty, thirty yard gain. He can he can run the routes deep. Um, he can beat you off the off the line. Um he runs smooth routes. Um, you know, like as deep of a history as what as uh Alabama has come has had at wide receiver, you're talking Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. Um, I think to me, and again, I didn't watch Alabama a ton, but as much as I watched them, I think Jerry Judy is right in that same crop of wide receivers. Um, so I believe that Jerry Judy gives them a playmaker, and then next year when they take, uh, you know, a Trevor or a Justin Fields, Jerry um, Judy gives them a receiver who would have had one year of experience, who, uh, um, is going to be able to, to grow and develop as a wide receiver, um, with their quarterback. So I think they call Cam Newton. They also have, is it right? Is Ryan Fitzpatrick there and Josh Rose Yeah, too?
0: They're, they're both um, still there. Yeah.
1: So I think, you know, like even if you don't call Cam Newton and if you don't have a quarterback, um, you can still rely on Ron Fitzpatrick for at least another year and giving him a young wide receiver in Jerry Judy um allows him to allows Judy to blossom. Um Fitzpatrick during the times that he is Fitz magic is going to make Judy look amazing. Uh and during the times that he is just regular Fitzpatrick, Jerry Judy is gonna be able to bail him out. So I think at number five, uh, if you're the Miami Dolphins, I you need a you you I feel like you have to take a wide receiver. Um I think you could look at C. D. Lamb, but I, I like Jerry Judy better than C. D. Lamb. So I think the Dolphins take Jerry Judy at number five. Um I'm sure they need defensive help, but you need a playmaker and you need somebody who's gonna put Uh, fans in the seats, and
0: I think Jerry Judy does that for your team. Oh, man, I, I, uh, that is not who I thought you were going to take. Um, yeah, I would, I'll address who I thought you were going to take with my next pick on who I think the Chargers are going to take. But, um, but I think that's a, that's a solid pick. My only, I know Jerry Judy is a fantastic route runner, fantastic receiver. He's going to be a number one somewhere. Um, My only concern would be, um, and this has been my concern when I play fantasy football as well, is if you don't have a quarterback who can consistently get it to him, and he's not a Megatron where you just throw it near him and he gets it, um, it's hard to thrive. I think Fitzpatrick will be good enough. I don't think they like Rosen at all there. Um, I think that's the reason why he never got – any more than, like, a two-game try is they did those two games, and they were like, nah, this ain't it. Um, <laughs> but, he, but he's on contract, so he's still with him, and nobody else wants him yet. Um, yeah. So um, I think Judy is going to be a, a stellar receiver. I think the, the only way that ends up definitely panning out is I like the idea of, you know, let's call up Cam right now. Let's get Cam in Miami. Um, yeah. or they hope that they have one of those top picks the following year to land a, uh, to land one of those top tier quarterbacks. And then, then, like you pair up a, a Lawrence or a Fields with a Jerry Judy, Dude. then we could be yeah. talking about something dangerous. But they'd have to land one of them. That, that's all hoping on the future to be in your favor.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that leaves me with the sixth pick, the Rivers list, the River, Riverless Chargers. <laughs> Sorry, it's a tongue-fold. I was trying to get it out. Um, the, the Chargers, I think, um, they, they've really shaped up their defense. I think their offense is all right for right now. Uh, they could probably use a wide receiver, but, um, but they have some pretty good receivers. I think right here, and with how deep the quarterback draft is, I don't think they're going to be bad enough to snag – a, I don't think they're going to be in the scenario next year. I don't think they're going to be in the top 10. I think there's two needs here. It's either someone to help protect the quarterback or go ahead and try and find the quarterback. Um yeah. Tyrod is not going to be the answer. Though they say he's the starter this year, I don't think he's the answer. Um, no. I still believe they'll potentially sign Cam Newton unless the Patriots get him first. Um, yeah. Or they may would go for Jameis Winston. However, I don't think they're going to give either one of them to big contracts uh, if they do sign either of them, meaning they're going to look for somebody who could potentially be the replacement like the the Patriots always did with Brady, and now they're in a scenario where I guess they love Stidham. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But all that to say, Chargers are definitely going quarterback here. Um. And notice how – oh, I just noticed how Jeff Akuda has continued to fall. But I don't think they address quarterbacks here because their defense is set. Yeah. I think the Los Angeles Chargers – I know I've seen a lot of people giving love to Jordan Love here. I don't know enough about him. I think right. Justin um, – is it just pronounced Herbert? I feel like it's just – I feel like I'm yeah. saying it's so plain. Like it's, yeah. it should be like Bear Bear or something. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I, like
0: that. I, I wanted to give him his 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 time in the uh in, in the in the moment right here, so I think the Chargers with the sixth pick take Justin Bear from <laughs> <laughs> from Oregon to be their quarterback. um This is a guy who people thought was going to come out last year. um They were shocked when he didn't come out last year. In fact, I was shocked as well because normally when um, players who are supposed to go like number one overall and then decide or in the top five and then decide, you know what, I'm going to go back for my senior year. Uh, I'm not bashing college people, but I'm saying right. um, normally when they go back, they lose draft stock because they have a terrible year. Um, yeah. I don't think Oregon had a... Amazing, and they had a pretty good year. They've had one of their best years, I think, since they lost Chip Kelly, who hadn't done anything since Oregon. So obviously, they should have stayed together. Um, They being Oregon and Chip Kelly. But um, I think Justin Herbert has the the size, has the arm, um, and if I'm correct, I believe he's fairly accurate with the ball. um, That he could. That there's a lot to love about him to be the starting quarterback. Um, and, uh, I don't think, sorry, not starting quarterback, to be their franchise quarterback, I do not believe he starts out the gate. I believe it's, it's either going to be a Baker scenario where they do go with Tyrod and have Justin and something happens to Tyrod again um, and Justin steps in, or they sign one of these veterans uh, to play to actually play in front of him. Um, they play for, you know, Maybe two years, no, if it's a Cam scenario, it could be one year, maybe two, three years, and then you turn it over to Justin Herbert, uh, but you've landed, I don't know, you don't wait three years for a guy you take number six overall. I think they spend a year, they try and get a one year prove it deal, deal with Cam that gives Cam and Justin Herbert some time together that allows them to try and win with Cam, and then they move on to their friend, to their Franchise quarterback, but I I do think they take Justin Herbert here, uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Organair, Justin. Alright, I'm done. (laughs) They take Justin Herbert here with the number six overall pick, taking, making our third quarterback off the board. Dots. Yeah, um, Justin, how'd
1: you say it? Herbert. 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 (laughs) Herbert. I like that. When you have a plain name like Herbert, you have to you have to throw some kind of You gotta fancify it. it
0: somewhere. You gotta make it sound <laughs> good. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, I mean that's a good pick, man. I mean you know, I mean truth be told a two one goes at, at two. Um Herbert's going to either the Dolphins or the Chargers at five or six, I think. Um you know, I know that Jordan Love's name is kinda gaining a lot of buzz. Again, just like you, I don't know too much about him, but um Herbert, Herbert, to me, has to kind of be careful that he doesn't end up in a situation like how Matt Liner did. Remember, like, Matt Liner was this highly touted uh, college quarterback. Um, I believe he won the Heisman, uh, had the opportunity to come out his junior year, um, and I still think he would have been a, as the number one overall pick. If not, he would have definitely been, like, a top five pick. Decided to return for his senior year, came back the next year and was like the tenth pick or eleventh pick or something like that. Had an awful yeah. career. Um, you know, with different things factor into that. But to your point, man, I agree. Um Herbert, I think, should have came out last year, um, and very well been the well, I don't know that you would have picked him over Kyler Murray, but I think I think you could make the argument. He would have definitely been picked over Daniel Jones and you know, some of those other quarterbacks, but for whatever reason, he decided to stay another year and I'm not ever going to fault somebody for staying another year and, um, and working on their craft. Of course, he didn't expect Joe Burrow to come out of nowhere and have the year that he did. So, um, I think Herbert just has to kind of be careful, um uh, that he doesn't end up, you know, having a, uh, a, uh, a tough career kind of like how Matt Liner did, which I think you know, again, the Chargers need to be smart, whether it's a Tyrod Taylor or a Kim Newton, But the good thing about Tyrod Taylor is Tyrod Taylor has experience with Baker Mayfield, kind of grooming Baker Mayfield to kind of take over. And I think Tyrod Taylor is the perfect pro um, for that reason. He's really good at not turning the ball over. Um, like, he's extremely good at taking care of the ball, Um and I think, you know, someone like Justin Herbert, that's a, that's something that's super crucial to learn in the NFL of, you know, this is when you take chances, this is when you don't take chances, this is how you take care of the ball. Um Tyrod is mobile enough and um, you know, Justin Herbert's semi mobile as well. So I think I yeah, I mean I think that's I think that's a good pick for the Chargers. Um plus Herbert just kinda has like that. Los Angeles kind of look to him, you know, like he's yeah. tall, he's handsome, he's got the long hair, um, so, yeah, I think, I think he, I, and I think it would be good to kind of see him compete against Jared Goff as well, like, if you're going to be in the, in Los Angeles with Jared Goff, you need a quarterback like Herbert who can kind of... Yeah, you got to look um, Los Angeles. Right, exactly, you got to look like L.A., so... um. Yeah, I think Herbert Herbert's a good pick. So
0: um with the what number are we on? We're on number seven.
1: Oh, on all right, so seventh. Justin
0: Air was just taken. We're on the seventh pick, Carolina Panthers. Who do we who do Carol- we take? Who do they take? <laughs> the
1: Carolina Panthers are uh licking their chops because they were not expecting this person to drop, but seeing as out, Aaron and Donna just are drafting this person has dropped the Carolina Panthers take Jeff Okuda at number seven. Um just because you are in the same division as Tom Brady, uh Mike oh. Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Drew Brees, Emmanuel Sanders, and Michael Thomas. <laughs> so you need somebody who gives you a chance to slow down that passing attack those passing attacks. Um, and if Akuda is anywhere close to as good as some of these other Ohio State cornerbacks, like Ohio State has had, has been a cornerback uh factory for the past decade, I believe. Um, and so, if he is as good as a Denzel Ward, um, I think if Akuda is as good as a Denzel Ward, that's exactly what you need in Carolina. Um, Denzel Ward had an amazing rookie year. Um, and then obviously had a stellar sophomore campaign this past year. Obviously I think, you know, injuries were a little bit of concern, but you know, I I know that a lot of people are expecting war to do well. Obviously you take him number four overall. Um he kinda he's he's kinda surpassed my expectations. I was I was pretty high on Denzel War coming out of Ohio State, but I didn't expect him to to, to adjust to the NFL game as quickly as he did. Um, and really become the lockdown corner that he is, to where you really, as a Browns fan and as a Browns team, you really don't have to worry about whoever Denzel Ward is is covering. Um, so I think if you could get the same thing out of Jeff Acuda, um that gives you that gives you a player who's going to be able to to slow down those passing games a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think that you would like his chances against, uh, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I don't know that, you know, as a rookie that you would like his can- chances as much against Mike Evans, Julio Jones, or Michael Thomas, but that gives him the opportunity to continue to grow and, and believe that, you know, next year that he, he's going to get Julio or Michael or Mike Evans, um, you know, on a few on a few plays. So, I think Jeff Okuda, if he drops this far, it just kind of makes sense. I know that the Panthers they could look to go wide receiver here. Um, they could look to to go offensive line. They could look to go at another defensive position. But I think you're going to need somebody who's going to be able to kind of slow down that passing attack and and a, a lockdown corner like Okuda kind of gives you that opportunity.
0: That is a solid. Pick. I actually thought I didn't think you'd go Jeff Okuda there, um, but you brought up you you brought up, and especially with those defensive minded new coaches, you brought up some really good points. That um, he's 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 gonna have to compete against three of the best. Oh, I'm not gonna give Matt Ryan that much credit. Two of the the <laughs> two, two of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL twice a year. Who not only are the top quarterbacks in the NFL, but they have some of the top receiving casts. Yeah. in the NFL um, yeah. so you're going to need somebody who can hold their own uh, you did a good, a good point of kind of mentioning uh, Denzel Ward um, supposedly I guess Akuda sat behind Denzel Ward um, yeah, at right. Ohio State and, and Denzel Ward has been I mean nothing shy of fantastic here in fact I've yeah. seen some box drafts where it has Jeff Akuda dropping all the way to Cleveland somehow um wow. and us snagging Helm, which I would not be a fan of because I think we have bigger needs than that, and I think Greedy yeah. Williams is great. So, I, though being yeah. able to go with some kind of nickel package with Helm, Denzel, and Greedy would have been fantastic. But nonetheless, we're not on the Browns. But I don't know why I, how I got down there. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a fantastic pick. You know, you got Mike Evans, you got Michael Thomas, you got Julio. That's six games right there. Um... You need somebody to, to play up on them. And I, and by getting this snag here, Carolina Panthers are rejoicing in that pick. Um, so now we're down to the eighth pick overall. We have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I would have, a week ago, said they need yes. a wide receiver. Um, right. Because Fitzgerald is old. Um Kirk is not a number one receiver, so they need somebody else. Um, but, you know, they got DeAndre Hopkins. And somehow they still have this pick, which is crazy. Um, yes. this, this should be the Texans pick, but they're, they're dumb. So, uh, dang it, Bill <laughs> O'Brien. Um, so, I've gone back and forth in a few scenarios here for the Cardinals outside of the wide receiver spot but I think I've narrowed it down to one consensus. Um, I I don't have too much knowledge of the Cardinals. I'm not going to lie. We don't get paid to analyze these teams all year. Um, But if there's (laughs) one consensus that I've seen across the board is that um, they need offensive line help to make sure that – to make sure that their franchise quarterback is taken care of. And if there's one thing I know with the Browns is if your offensive line is terrible, it doesn't matter what you have around him. Um, if the offensive line can't protect your guy, it's not going to work out. Um, and so with the eighth pick, and I, I'm just throwing uh, alignment at the fan here because I think a lot of these offensive tackles are all interchangeable. Um, I think with the – there it is. I think with the eighth pick in the NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals take Jedrick Wills, Jr., offensive lineman, University of Alabama. Here is my rationale behind it, because I do not watch much offensive line play. (laughs) Is (laughs) He is ranked – The number one in offensive line, so one. So obviously you're getting the best uh, rated lineman. Two, he played at Alabama, which he's played big-time football before. Three, Nick Saban speaks very highly of him. And four, that's all I got. So Jedrick Wills, (laughs) junior, offensive lineman out of the University of Alabama, will be the number eight pick for Arizona Cardinals and will be protecting Kyler Murray next season. <laughs> Thoughts on my in-depth analysis.
1: Uh yeah, my my analysis is about the same. Um, again, I don't know too much about offensive linemen. I mean I know the basics of like what you're looking for, but you know, again we're not paid to uh to evaluate teams. So um like exactly. you before, you know, DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver right here would have made sense. Um I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I could think of anything. I'm, they may need defensive help, possibly. Um but yeah, I mean I don't think you're ever gonna go wrong. Did he say he plays tackle? Um Yeah, he's a tackle.
0: Um I had debated as well with you, a defensive tackle here, that, that guy from Auburn, I think it's Derek Brown. Um, yeah. but all I've read about is how they have offensive line problems. And I related to that based on, <laughs> based on, um, um, based on our downfalls with the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, Derrick Willis. uh, I don't think you're ever going to go wrong with offensive linemen protecting, uh, uh, Kyler Murray. So, uh, yeah, that sounds good.
0: <laughs> Let's
1: go. <with> that. <laughs> Willis, Wills Willis. I like, I, this is the first time I've heard of that guy's name. So him to the Cardinals sounds like an amazing idea. <laughs> go there, Cliff Kingsbury. Pick yourself an offensive tackle from Alabama. too. I mean, you know, uh, again, like, I don't know too much about the guy, but if he has experience blocking against the speed of defensive linemen in the SEC, um, I imagine he's a pretty competent NFL – he'll be a pretty competent NFL tackle. So, yeah, that sounds good.
0: (laughs) I hope so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you know what you're talking about. I (laughs) –
0: Offensive line. All right, and now with the ninth, moving on from line talk, the number nine pick, Jacksonville Jaguars, is on the clock.
1: With the ninth pick in the Jacksonville, with the, the ninth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. There's a couple of different places they can go. I think they go C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Um, Like you said, I think Derrick Brown. I was going between C.D. Lamb and Derrick Brown. I I don't think you go wrong either way. I think Derrick Brown, um, he was a grown man playing college football last year. Um, And I think, you know, Jacksonville has always kind of done well. Um, when their line is good, they're going to need, uh, defensive help. You know, like two year, two to three years ago, we were talking about Jacksonville having the best, uh, defense, um, in the league. And I, I feel like a couple of people were talking about the fact that they might have one of the best defenses, um, in the history of the NFL. I don't, I don't think that their defense was that good, but they, I mean, they were great, man. Um, and they've lost a ton of, a ton of, People from that team, uh, a ton of players from that, from that defense. Um, they just traded Calais Campbell, who I know plays defensive end. So I don't think that you can go wrong with Derek Brown, but I think CD Lamb kind of gives Gardner Minshew, um, somebody to, to throw the ball to. You put him opposite of, um, their other receiver. I think his name is Keelan Cole. Um, who had a pretty good year last year. Um and again, like they just need they need playmakers. Um, but having C D Lamb, that forces the defense to have to respect him to where they can't just stack the box and stop the run with Leonard Fournette. So um I think adding a receiver like C D Lamb is going to open up that running game for Leonard Fournette. Um c d Lamb's a super great um super super smooth route runner as well um and he just he, like so many players from from Oklahoma he he plays with a kind of um cockiness or a bravado that just kind of uh you know like I think C.D. like Lam- Lamb really believes that he's the best player on the on the field at all times and and he plays like he is too um, I know as a Texas fan, like C. D. Lamb was a problem. Granted our, our corners were not that good, but he was still a problem. Um, and so I think, you know, you give Gardner Minshew a young playmaker like C. D. Lamb, um, to grow and to develop with and even if you were to bring in a veteran quarterback, um, you know, C. D. Lamb again, just like Jerry Judy in, in Miami, C. D. Lamb allows that that um that quarterback to kind of have a, uh, a safety weapon. So I think C.D. Lamb's number nine uh, to the Jackson Jaguars, which just kind of makes sense.
0: I like that pick. Um, I pulled up their uh, their current depth chart where they stand. Um, they could 100% use a defensive tackle, and you, and you couldn't go yeah. wrong here with that defensive tackle pick. Um, however, you know, C.D. Lamb is a top-tier receiver. Um, there has been several Oklahoma games that I've watched over the past two years and been like, this man is an yeah. absolute freak of nature. Like yeah. they're he always did. calling his name. Yeah. Um I, I I do think one thing Gardner Minshew is missing is an electric piece. Um, you know, they have D D Westbrook, DJ Chark, uh, Marquis Lee, yeah. which would easily be bumped. Um I think C. D. Lamb I think DJ Chark really, really blew up this year. Shark, however, you say his yeah, last name. That's
1: yeah. Uh, yeah but I think that.
0: having CD Lamb will be that electric piece they're missing. Um, that maybe because they run with it looks like they run with three receivers uh, often, um, and so therefore that gives them Lamb, Shark, Westbrook, um, and then they just signed Tyler Eifert at tight end. So if he can stay healthy, um, you know that's a, a issue with him because he's always hurt. But if he can stay healthy, that's really going to help out Gardner Minshew. And then, as you mentioned, you know Leonard Fournette, they're not going to be able to just stack the box, eliminate that, and then have no pass game. They're going to have to respect the pass. Um, so they're going to have to lay off the box a little bit. Uh, it should open it up for him. It could make the the, the offense a little interesting uh, yeah. to check out. I know Gardner Minshew was a big air it out guy at uh, Washington State. So let's see if he can get that arm going and, um, and light it up through the air. I like that pick. That's a good pick. Thank you, thank you, sir. All right, and
1: then our offensive tackle.
0: uh,
1: Well, we're about we're
0: about to go down that line again. Um, (laughs) Our last pick, and I'm looking at the time, and we're actually doing this. This is I'm glad we split this into three. This is perfect timing. Um, The last pick of day one or week one of of the once upon the East one twelve draft. The 10th pick of the draft is the Cleveland Browns. Um, as some of you may know, I am a huge Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> I watched them struggle for forever this uh, this season. I bought NFL Sunday ticket as I have for the past three years, and I watched our line play be the worst last year than I think I've seen it be in a while. I mean, we have OBJ, Jarvis, uh Baker, Chubb, Hunt, and we're just dying out there. It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Greg Robinson uh, was an absolute liability at left tackle. And so that is why I'm addressing this pick. And any any mock draft you see that does not say offensive tackle, ignore it for the Browns. Ignore it because it is from Satan because we do not need anything else other than an offensive tackle. We got Jack Coughlin to take over one spot. And for the 10th pick of the NFL draft, I came down to two players who have not been taken yet. Uh, Mackie Becton, I think that's how you say his name, Louisville um, tackle or Tristan Wirth's tackle at Iowa. I think Tristan Wirth is number two rated recruit and Becton is the three rated recruit. Uh, and here's what it came down to for me. I know that this offense is, may have some, some moving linemen with our run with our run game. Tristan works in the NFL combine, which typically means nothing. At three hundred and twenty pounds, this man ran a four eight five forty yard dash. That's and did twenty guy. I know it is that guy. And did twenty four reps in the bench press, meaning this guy is strong, and this guy can move. He is highly he is a highly acclaimed tackle um, who is seen as a very good pick. There's several opposite tackles we can go for, but in this scenario, I was tempted to go for Andrew Thomas from Georgia because yeah. you blend his name together, and there's Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins who made a Browns podcast It's their two names put together. But I said, no, no, no. Let me go with with real real thinking here. Though he is a good tackle. We're going Tristan Wirfs, Iowa. They've been producing some really good tight ends. Maybe they can produce this really good offensive tackle for us. He's going to go. He will be a rookie, but hopefully he'll be our next Joe Thomas, meaning we took him early and we have him for the next, you know, 72 years. And having him on one side, Conklin on the other, Hopefully that solves our liability issues on the outside where Baker can get protection to be able to throw to our weapons like Jarvis Jones and Odell Beckham and newly acquired Austin Hooper. And hopefully when we re-sign – hopefully we re-sign, Um, um. oh, no, oh, no, I just lost his name – Hollywood Higgins. Uh, hopefully we re we resign Rashad Higgins. Um, Baker needs the time to be dangerous, and he didn't have that time last year. So I think with the 10th pick, anything other than offensive tackle, I will be upset. Promise you that. (laughs) Um, If we don't (laughs) take offensive tackle and we do a reaction episode, I will be throwing things at the wall because (laughs) it wasn't addressed. And if we trade back and can't steal one of these great offensive tackles, I will be throwing things. We will be taking Tristan Wirf's Offensive tackle from Iowa will be your number ten pick. Thoughts? I know it's another offensive tackle uh pick, and we don't know much about them. But what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I had actually started to pencil in Andrew Thomas because I thought that's who you were going to go with, but um, yeah, looking at it, this guy works is is rated higher than. Andrew Thomas. Um and again obviously to your point, man, there's as long as they go offensive tackle and they go a highly rated ones, I don't think that they can go wrong. Um it's just figuring out who's going to uh to work for your scheme. Um and you can't go wrong with a guy who's three hundred and twenty pounds and runs a four eight. Like, that's insane, man. That is that's that's booking it. Um <laughs> Well, like, I, I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan ran a 4-8. I think Baker Mayfield might have ran a 4-8. Um, you're, so you're talking about an offensive lineman running the same speed as some of your quarterbacks. So, oh yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's insane. That's, that blows my mind. Um, and then being able to rep out 24 uh, reps on the bench press as well. So yeah, it sounds like he's quick on his feet. Um, and he's strong as well. So as long as he's got that, that strength under control, um, he's got quick feet again, you know, having to deal with defenses like, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line, um, and then the, the Baltimore Ravens, um, as a Browns fan and team, uh, you are going to need, uh, an offensive tackle who's quick on their feet. Um, do you think they'll have him play, um, Baker's blind side or is he going to be that other side?
0: Oh no, he'll be the blind side. I think, uh, I think we, we, we took Jack, or we signed Jack Conklin to play his true position at right yeah. tackle. Uh, cause that yeah. was also, uh, Chris Hubbard last year was a travesty. Um, and so neither tackles, like, did well. So therefore yeah. we needed to address both of them. So I think is gonna stay there. And I think whoever we take at ten an offensive tackle is going to be Baker's um left side. It's gonna be his blind side. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I mean you're gonna need somebody who's quick on their feet there. So uh it sounds like Tristan Wurst would, would fit that um that description. So yeah, that's it. The- that's a good pick. I mean I'm I'm not even a huge Browns fan, but like you I know enough about them to know that they need to go offensive tackle, so um I don't know that I'll be throwing things, but um I'll uh I'll throw something. I don't know, maybe like a like a pillow or something. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well it's it's gonna be something yeah. like a pillow. It's not gonna be gonna cause me harm that where I didn't have to go and pay money to fix it. Um <laughs> But it'll be something. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, folks. Yeah, that sounds like a good pick.
0: <laughs> there you have it. That is our first 10 picks. Next week, we'll address picks 11 through 21. Um, let us know what we got right, what we got wrong. Tell us how incompetent we are and <laughs> how somehow we let Chase Young slide four picks. Let us know who you would have picked in each spot. Um, we'd love to read some of y'all's reactions probably in the beginning to hear about how good or bad we are at this. Um, but I think we have a pretty pretty solid first 10 takes People aren't going to agree, but I think it's solid. So here we are. Um, <laughs> anything left for the people down at this?
1: No. Uh, you know, during this time where a lot of people are stuck to their house. Um, this gives you plenty of time to go back and binge listen the, uh, Once Upon East 112 episodes one through, I think this is like number 12 or 13 or something. Uh, 7094, so if, something like that. If, yeah. If you, uh, if you're just looking for like, you know, something to do with 12 hours of extra time that you have, feel free to go back and give us a listen. And uh, let us know what you think some really good episodes to listen to would be the uh the quarterback episode the uh the coach episode uh, um those are two really good ones so yeah, let us know your thoughts
0: that's all i got you heard you heard the man listen to our podcast you i mean feel free to shoot to go to the ones and read the description and see which ones are still um like Good for today. Like obviously, our, our episodes about Miles Garrett, the ones that got the biggest, um, the biggest hits, uh, aren't as um, applicable today. But a lot of the other ones are. Or, la- or laugh at how far off we were on some of these things. There you go. Um, yeah. You know, skip around. Just let us know what you like, what you want to hear. Share it with your friends. Follow us at Once Upon East One Twelve on Facebook. That's where most of our news is at. Um, And until next time, we're out.